Marsh is still for Petrangelo, right for Eichel. He shoots and scores! Off the bar and in. Tie game. Jack Eichel. Power play goal. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Stone sets up Eichel across the line. Left wing Barbashev. Stone in front shot. Score on the rebound. First try got stopped. Second time gets through. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace hanging out inside Whiskey Bar and Grill right across the street from Allegiant Stadium. Darren Millard back inside Studio 31, and Chris Chapman is in the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Getting ready for uh, what is going to be a highly anticipated hockey game uh, as uh, things lead up towards the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. There's uh, plenty of intrigue around this. The last two Stanley Cup champions meeting for a second time, and Vegas won handily in the opening goal round 7-0. Can they continue that trend of uh, being very successful against the Avalanche, or does it uh, return to a... High and low, a high and low, which we've seen uh, back and forth from the Vegas Golden Knights uh, through the lead-up to the holidays and uh, lately. Uh, Coming off the victory against the New York Islanders, though, there's uh, optimism that uh, maybe that serves as uh, a springboard into a much more consistent performance. But uh, this, if you're going to establish that and get things going in the right direction uh, on a, uh, a little bit of a run, it's going to come through a beast of a back-to-back between Colorado and Boston tomorrow. Yeah, it's not easy for the Vegas Golden Knights. Nothing has been easy this season for Vegas, and you look at this back-to-back. Yeah, it's been great to have you know two or three days where the Golden Knights can really hone in and, and kind of dial in their practice. But now you're tasked with three and four nights in a back-to-back in which you are in Colorado tonight and then back home tomorrow night against the Boston Bruins. Yeah, this is going to be uh, a great matchup. You've got balance uh, against the front-loaded uh, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, we got into some of the ice time from the Avalanche and uh, their victory the other night. Uh, this is an Avalanche team that uh, also got humbled the other night against the Florida Panthers prior to the uh, game against the Boston Bruins. So, uh, well, things uh, are going okay for Colorado. Uh, they're trying to chase down the National Hockey League's uh, best team in the Winnipeg Jets, uh, second place in the the uh, Central Division. Uh, I think that there is a desire to be a little bit more high-end in the Western Conference. And uh, these two teams, quite honestly, have a little bit of company now uh, when it comes to Western Conference uh, Stanley Cup contenders. Uh, They were the class of the loop the last couple of years, uh, going all the way and winning the past two championships, but also uh, going into uh, the bubble and coming out uh, to the uh, the uh, inside the division only uh, setup where they tied for the top spot in the overall standings. Uh, these two teams have reigned pretty solid in the Western Conference, but now Dallas is uh, certainly uh, included in that group. The Winnipeg Jets on top uh, of the entire National Hockey League. The Vancouver Canucks should be included in that, and uh, Edmonton rounding into form. Uh, you can you can make a case that uh, the Western Conference is as wide open as we've seen it in a number of years it certainly feels that way and you mentioned the the vegas golden knights the colorado avalanche they have been 
really dominant over the last three years, four years inside the Western Conference. And, you know, the Dallas Stars have kind of hung around. They've, they've been there in the conversation. But now you, you start to look at the Vancouver Canucks and the Winnipeg Jets and what they've been able to put together in the, in the first half of the season and the staying power it feels like both clubs have. And all of a sudden, uh, things are a little bit more crowded and you've got more competition and you've got legitimate contenders here in the Western Conference beyond just the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. So who's the best team in the Western Conference now? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I, I, It's hard to, to kind of go. Generally speaking, I say that you're – the champions get the respect until someone's taken it from them, right? Like, I think that that's uh, an area that, that I could use to my advantage here in this spot and say the Vegas Golden Knights, but I'm not going to do that, mainly because I think right now the Vancouver Canucks and Winnipeg Jets are playing better than Vegas. Uh, I'm, it's hard for me to not tip my cap to what Winnipeg has been able to do. This is a team that doesn't have any weaknesses. They, they, they suffocate teams. Uh, they don't give up much. They're not allowing a ton of goals, if any at all. I think it's 30 straight games in which they They've allowed three or less. Um, the Winnipeg Jets right now, I, I think, are the best going team in the Western Conference as we speak. Yeah, you can fit uh, Los Angeles into that conversation, although they've fallen off uh, a touch uh, in recent uh, play. Uh, Winnipeg coming out of nowhere from their meltdown last year at the end of the first round of both publicly and uh, within the uh, confines of their dressing room to late season signings to two of the best players uh, they have managed to resurrect uh, the hopes of, of that franchise vancouver missed the playoffs last year have applied some structure to their game and are getting it done uh, in high fashion boy quinn hughes was amazing last night as they go through and uh, and have a great trip through New York. But Vancouver is just a, a point out of top spot overall in the National Hockey League. Colorado, you could uh, cite some inconsistency in their game, but they're third right yeah. now when it comes to the Western Conference. And then you've got Dallas, Vegas, and Los Angeles before you get to likes of Nashville and Edmonton. Now, Nashville uh, doesn't belong in this group uh, at least when you talk about Stanley Cup contenders. But the other seven, uh, I think you can make a case for any of them. And that is a stark contrast uh, when you talk about Stanley Cup playoff hopes uh, being weighted one side of the conference divide to the other. That mm-hmm. That's a stark difference from a year ago when everybody at this point was talking about the East and how powerful the East was. There appears to be a, a shift in the power in the NHL. I, I think that's fair. Um, and, you know, to a degree, I, I'd agree with it in that you've got a lot of really good quality high-end teams now in the Western Conference. We always talked about the Vancouver Canucks as being a team that's got a ton of talent, but they've they, they'd had to put it together. And, you know, certainly through the first half of the year, they've, they've done that. And, Thatcher Demko has been phenomenal. Rick Tockett has done amazing things behind the bench there. Um, And the Canucks are kind of realizing that high-end potential. The Winnipeg Jets, Rick Bonus, he deserves a ton of credit for getting this team kind of moving in the right direction and playing the right way. And they're doing all this without Kyle Connor. That, to me, kind of blows my mind a little bit. And then, you know, we, we know what to, what to make of Colorado. We know what to make of, of the Vegas Golden Knights. L.A. has been growing over the last couple of years. And the Edmonton Oilers had a disastrous start. And they've put together two separate eight-game win streaks under coach Chris Knobloch. Like, 
the the West is stacked. It, it really is, and I I'd agree that you know the Nashville Predators probably the team that doesn't belong in terms of the the top eight spots, or at least teams that have legitimate Stanley Cup aspirations. Uh, but you could get to a spot where maybe the Nashville Predators are pushing on the door, or the Seattle Kraken are pushing on the door, and once you get in, anything can happen. That is certainly the case this year. Get in, and you are going to face a difficult first-round opponent and get ready for that discussion. And people will chime in on trying to change the playoff format because the <laughs> opening round is too difficult. I don't buy it. I love the fact that uh, that you would face a difficult challenger right off the bat uh, because you're eventually going to have to go through uh, difficult tests uh, and high-quality opponents uh, during the run to a Stanley Cup championship. So if you get it out of the way early, uh, then uh, maybe you can gain some confidence with that. I, I think it just adds to the intrigue uh, of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But uh, Vancouver and Winnipeg, quite honestly, I have to see more of. Uh, they are top two in the National Hockey League right now, leading the Western Conference, uh, Winnipeg, by a point over the upstart Canucks. I just have to see a little bit more. Edmonton has shown me over the last couple of years what they can do, and they can flip a switch, which they've done uh, this year more predominantly than a year ago, but they're back going. Uh, Los Angeles is so much uh, of a, a depth team in the same vein as the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, we'll see whether or not they will tend to their goaltending and, uh, and add some depth to that part. Colorado. Uh, the worry there is that you ride your top guys a little bit too much, like Edmonton, but you certainly do like the talent. Uh, those four teams, Vegas, Colorado, L.A., Edmonton, I'm willing to say, okay, good. Let's, uh, they, they're, they're contenders. Dallas uh, is in that mix uh, going to a Western Conference final. The, 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 the two that I'm still waiting on, and it's, it's more from where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. uh, than a statement on their talent. We've seen Colorado winning two years ago. We've seen L.A. push. We've seen Edmonton dynamic. Uh, Dallas getting to a third round. Vancouver and Winnipeg, there's more left to prove and show me. In the regular season, or is that going to come in the postseason? Regular season and, and postseason. But uh, certainly, look a year ago. Winnipeg was right there. Yeah. among the challengers for top spot in the Western Conference in and around this time. And they disappeared. It was a very, very big struggle in the final third of the season uh, for, for the Winnipeg Jets. And they never recovered and had to uh, just battle to get into the postseason, never mind uh, – uh, having hopes of, of winning around and uh, and lost four straight and went out with a whimper so uh it's it's great and i and i, I give everybody uh, uh kudos with the winnipeg jets by turning around what was a franchise that uh that looked like it was in uh, some dire straits as far as contending for a Stanley Cup, uh, but they made the right personnel decisions they changed their organization they changed uh the the message inside that room and how that that the chemistry inside that room and it's resulted it, it's interesting now the the fans of winnipeg like the the fans of winnipeg are as much on the fence as what you're hearing from me right now because yeah. they haven't responded at the ticket window and there's all kinds of reasons for that from economics 
to uh, waiting to see if this team's for real. Uh, those are two different issues. But uh, right now, the, the hockey team has actually done its part. There's, there's the proving part of it, uh, really showing that it's not just a, a good first half of the season or a, a good uh, second quarter of the season, which Winnipeg has produced. And, and Vancouver's been good from the very start. Yeah. And they, they've been incredibly consistent. Can they do the same thing? I like uh, several things about what they've done uh, with their hockey club, uh, from the goal out and the acquisition of Casey DeSmith. Uh, we'll see how far that goes. Every, it's funny. Everybody waits for Vancouver uh, to become the old Vancouver, distracted, uh, <laughs> a little bit uh, of uh, uh, off-ice uh challenges from players not buying into coaches or bickering amongst themselves uh chemistry like uh, vancouver has not been a team uh filled with great chemistry over the last number of years every time that that kind of you look over and go is it happening they shut that down uh big time so uh good on them uh we'll see uh, whether uh that that continues in the west but you've got seven strong contenders out of the west and in, in the east there's there's some good teams. Uh, you like Boston? Can they mm-hmm. continue uh, what they what they what they've done? Certainly, 700 winning percentage points to that. We'll see them firsthand uh, tomorrow night. The New York Rangers uh, under Pierre Laviolette uh, have been really good without any standout goaltending from Shesterkin. So does does that show that there's even a higher ceiling there? I, I think so. Florida is a much different team than they were a year ago at this time, looking more like the club that made it to a Stanley Cup final, but not uh, they, they're not Cinderella anymore. I, I like what they are. And Toronto, uh, we know how explosive they are. But beyond including Carolina, I don't know how many you'd all just – push in to say stanley cup contender and uh the west is uh the west is a bigger uh powerhouse right now i listen gary lawless is going to join us in a little bit but before he does so i wanted to flash back to uh, something that we talked about last night because when we left everybody we were talking about point nights in the nhl yeah and uh i wasn't sure uh how many of those would would come to fruition uh the oilers and chicago was what we had circled (laughs) ends up being two one if yeah, you look at that and you go, wow, like that uh, that wasn't nearly as lopsided as what we expected. Uh, the the Oilers were were limited to less than 15 shots on goal. Yeah, like, how how does that happen against the Chicago Blackhawks, who uh, are not a very good hockey club light right now? Look at their top line with all the injuries that they have. Uh, it's it's a couple players that have been in the American Hockey League uh, this year. It, it's not a National Hockey League roster. How did that game be 2-1? Well, it really wasn't because uh, Edmonton had a few goals disallowed, uh, called off. One was a lengthy review, another one for, for goalie interference, uh, and that, that should have been a 5-1 game uh, for, for Edmonton. Uh, so it was a little misleading, and Connor McDavid should have had one of those beautiful four-point nights he, he was limited to a goal but uh but if everything would have stood he would have had one of those four-point nights uh, i'm trying to justify my call for a blow out there last night but yeah, well. uh video review kind of got in the way of of everything uh that i had penciled in there the jets put up a five spot 
uh, on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, boy, is, is Winnipeg ever rolling right now at both ends and Connor Hellebeck. And the Toronto Maple Leafs score seven on the San Jose Sharks, mm-hmm. and you're back into the wonderment of whether San Jose is going to win a game again this year. <laughs> but uh, the the biggest, uh, one of the biggest games of the night was Nylander celebrating his, his new contract with a three-point night. So we did have some, some big performances uh, on the night in those three games that we highlighted. We didn't have anybody score the double digits in goals, but, uh, but I think if you factor in the, the plays that were called off for video review or goaltender interference, uh, Edmonton, Winnipeg, uh, and uh, the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs all came up big. Yeah, uh, Calgary put up six as well. Seattle put up five as well. So some individual teams really did uh, get the memo that, that goals are fun and that they should score more of them. Um, the the But I guess the, the right answer here, no matter what, is like if you're looking for a big-time score, any team that's playing San Jose, that's the best bet of the night, right? Like I think that we're, we're kind of at the point right now, especially with San Jose, the way that they've been going lately, that – it's not, are they going to lose? It's how badly are they going to lose by? Boy, it's a, it's a difficult spot. And I, I honestly didn't think it would get worse than the first three weeks of the season. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that was unfair. Their schedule, what they faced just on the schedule and the quality of opposition at the start of this season was something where you, as a general manager or uh, part of that hockey operations department, you go to Steve Hatsipetros uh, with the National Hockey League, who who is the brains behind the schedule, and you say, "We can't do that." Like <laughs> honestly, that's that that's not fair. I, yeah. Arizona played their first twenty games on the road last year, or thirty of uh, twenty-five of thirty, yeah. uh, and that was barely uh more ludicrous than what the what the San Jose Sharks <laughs> faced. This is this was their schedule just in October, okay? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Vegas, Colorado, yeah. Carolina, Boston, Nashville. Nashville's the weakest team in that sure, and yeah. and they played themselves into uh, a discussion point right now. And then yeah. Florida, Tampa Bay, Carolina and Washington. <laughs> that, that that was just October, so no wonder they got off to a terrible start. They they, yep. they, they, they didn't have a chance, and now we're back into that type of uh, stretch right now, where they have the Detroit, which is playing better, uh, Winnipeg, uh, which is on top of the league, Toronto, uh, which is uh, going great. Uh, they played them back to back. It's it, it's, it's going to soften out here where they get a couple of non-playoff teams in Montreal, Ottawa, Buffalo, and Chicago, and Anaheim. Yeah. That's that's their chance to, to make it uh, uh, stop. But if, if it doesn't, if they don't come out of Montreal, Ottawa, Buffalo, Chicago, Anaheim mm-hmm. with, with a couple of wins, you're looking at a stretch where, heaven forbid, you yeah. have one win in 18 games along that line like it's it's awful right now and yeah. you don't necessarily feel sorry for teams because you do like they're a rebuilding team that that's sure. what it is yeah. uh and they know that it's going to come and uh it's tough to feel sorry for when they put themselves in that position but 
I, I, I do have sympathy to the athletes, uh, to, to the goaltenders in particular, but to the sure. athletes yeah. uh, of that team and, and what they're going through right now. No, it's not easy. I mean, it, 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 it sucks to lose. And, you know, the the Sharks right now, they're, they, they've lost 12 in a row. Like, that that is really hard to manage as an athlete, as a, as a player on that team that, that wants to be in a better spot or at least wants to be, you know, moving in, in some direction that isn't continually losing. And, you know, as you mentioned, the goaltenders, like, they, they've given up a lot of goals. They're minus 90 a minus 90 goal differential on the season that's that's insane to me and we're not even halfway through for them they've lost 12 in a row and all by regulation if memory serves yeah. correct yeah so oh boy uh makes the the what vegas just experienced just look like a a minor passing shower and everything is going to be okay and we hope that that is the case for the Vegas Golden Knights, who will be in Colorado tonight to face an avalanche team that uh, will rely on Nathan McKinnon uh, to try and extend his home point streak, which uh, is pushing Joe Sackick, uh, the president of hockey operations, for the longest in franchise history. Uh, Colorado, uh, because they are missing a, a couple of pieces still, uh, aren't uh, at full strength, but they do have that look that they can become the avalanche from three years ago of the regular season to uh, last year, uh, or sorry, two years ago when they when they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, the year before that, when they were President's Trophy winners, like they 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 they've got that uh, that ability. They're also a little inconsistent, and uh, how much do they ride? Uh, your give will be a big question, but uh, this is this is a, a game of contrasting styles tight between the the Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights, and uh, a, a team that uh, that neither team will will be able to uh, take the foot off the gas if they get it going in the right direction because they're both looking for bigger things beyond just this game. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the you look at the Colorado Avalanche, and we've we kind of chatted about it yesterday, but. Uh, the usual suspects are there for them, right? It's it's Nathan McKinnon and Miko Ranton and Kale McCarr and Val Nachuskin, like Devin Taves. Those are the guys that are driving the bus right now for this Colorado team. They are a bit top-heavy just in terms of their production, also in terms of, of their ice time. But when you've got Nathan McKinnon going the way that he is right now, when you've got Kale McCarr on your back end, you're going to play those guys more and you're going you're gonna to trust in their ability to kind of get you through inconsistent play here and there so I, I think from Colorado's perspective this is an opportunity to once again get a couple of points kind of close that gap between themselves and the Winnipeg Jets because I, I think for Colorado the the goal here is to win their division the goal here is to get back to being that dominant team in the central division and right now they're a little bit behind where Winnipeg's at just a little bit behind I don't think they played poorly but they're just uh, behind a team that's played great in the yep. Winnipeg Jets and then throw in uh, Dallas into that mix and uh, it's an awesome that that was supposed to be the weak spot in the National Hockey League's divisional uh, square and yeah. they have been anything but uh, we've got some news from the Vegas School tonight to tell you about uh, roster wise involving Caden Korzak, Will Carrier and Aiden Hill all to come uh, Gary Lawless will join us uh, after this uh, from 
the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace is out and about, Darren Millard in Studio 31, and Chris Chapman back in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. Uh, here's Gary Lawless uh, joining us, the Insider. Did you, did you hear that return from break sting? The welcome back, the intro. Yeah, well, the first it's Duva, and then it's Perry Como. And then there's that gap, and I think I always want to start, and there's one Mississippi, two Mississippi, yeah. three Mississippi, and I, I've just now, we're January 10th, figured out that i got to wait for the that, announcer sting. Your Mr. Big Voice is very mellow. He is. That's that's his shtick, right? Uh, I guess. Yeah. No, no. It's a, he's, not on the, uh, he's not on the games. He's not? Who does the games? Uh, they've got players doing it now back to Dan and Gary. But no, Mr. Big Voice? Uh, I'm a big fan of Mr. Big Voice. You know who could do Mr. Big Voice? And Wallace and I have talked about this. Hmm. Nick Haig. Nick Haig could do Mr. Big Voice and be a player at the same time. Yeah, you, uh, you couldn't afford Nick Haig. He's got the best pipes. In the organization, <laughs> and and we we have like poor it, Gosher and uh, Duva just uh, <laughs> just fell off their couch. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but that's the that's the reality of it. We have seven, eight announcers. Yeah. Tell me anybody that's got a better voice than Nick Haig. Well, you, uh, actually, I've heard you do voiceover work, and you're you're pretty uh, you're pretty smooth. So. Uh, I happen to think Dan and Dave have great voices as well. I'm not saying they don't. Well, I'm just are. saying the best. That sounds the best. It's, it's a Stanley Cup championship like organization. And Everybody should taking, be held. You're taking a player who's never done any voice work and, and immediately <laughs> installing him ahead of your two good friends, Gosher and Duva? Wallace, wow. am, am I wrong on this? Wallace I mean, Nick's here. got a great voice. Well, Wallace is here. I yeah, Wallace. He he's out and about. Yeah. He, he's out and about yeah, yeah. Uh, doing, his, uh, doing the show from On Location. Where oh, are you? got it. Oh, I'm, I'm at Whiskey Stadium. It's literally across the street from Allegiant Stadium. I'll be here all night. Fantastic. Whiskey Stadium. That's the name of a yeah. bar, Whiskey Stadium? Whiskey Stadium, yeah. Like it's how on, much uh, damage do you think <laughs> Wallace and I could have done back in the day at a place called Whiskey Stadium? We went to dinner the other night, and neither of us, neither of us had a drink. No, I did. I had the champagne. I didn't. Yeah. I'm in dry, dry January. Yeah. There's nothing. The, the place is open 24-7. I think you guys could close it down. <laughs> Very well done. That's awesome. Yeah. So here, here's Lawless uh, joining us. He's got the pregame show with Ashley Weiss uh, coming up from Studio 31 on Vegas 34 and Nighttime Plus, ahead uh, of the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, an opportunity here. We saw it against L.A., and then it fell back uh, for a couple of games, and then a great game against the New York Islanders. Can they continue what was a great performance and carry that over a little bit? Yeah, that'll be very interesting. I'll tell you what, like the inserting Lucas Cormier into the lineup was, he had such an impact on that game. Take the assist on Eichel's power play goal away and just focus on how he was able to retrieve the puck and move it up ice, whether it be with a pass or using his feet. He got them out of their zone quick uh, whenever he was on the ice. And I thought that that really had an effect in the sense that, you know, quickly John Stevens and Bruce Cassidy came to the conclusion we can use that pairing a lot. And that took a lot of the load off of Alex Petrangelo. All of a sudden, he had a better game because he wasn't overworked. And I I liked Toby Bjornfoot. I think uh, probably uh, 
Yeah, White Cloud, if White Cloud's ready to go, he'd go back in with Hag. But Bjornfoot and Hag were smooth as well. So just that, everyone talks about the scoring and keeping the puck out of the net. To me, that that's where it all starts. Going back, getting the puck quickly, and getting out of your and getting out of your zone. If you're getting out of your zone quickly, you're not getting scored on. And if you're getting out of your zone and able to move up the ice together as five, all of a sudden your four check uh, is going to be way better as a result of that. And I thought they were pretty simple in that regard too. They took open ice. If if there was no opportunity to gain the offensive blue line holding on to the puck, they flipped it in and went out and got, went after it. So uh, I, I do think that they that was a building block for them. Colorado's been playing some pretty good hockey. Colorado, their lineup is, to me, it's unbalanced. You've got uh, well, we talked about the minutes the other night. There's yeah. there three guys over 30. Yeah, and, you know what I mean, like, you you know, right off the top, you've got McKinnon has 66 points, Rantanen has 51, Nachushkin has 40, and on the blue line, Taves has, well, he's only got 24. He's got 24, and McCarr's got 48. But after that, you, you go, Duran has 21. Colton seventeen, O'Connor fifteen. Yeah, they have a top six, bottom like, six. They just they they don't have a top yeah. six, bottom six. They've got three guys at the very top. They got a top three and a bottom nine. Mm-hmm. They're very very unbalanced. Wallace. So you you had mentioned Tobias Bjornfoot. You mentioned Lucas Cormier. I I I loved what Cormier was able to bring to the table, and I love the fact that when a player is is kind of put into a spot with the Golden Knights, they're put into an, a, a spot to succeed. The fact that Cormier was on the power play, it speaks to his strengths as a player, and Bruce Cassidy's putting him in, in a spot to succeed. Organizationally, we've seen that over the course of this season. Why does it work so well for the Golden Knights, whereas some teams, it, it might not translate at this level? Bruce is uh, hes two things. He's an organizational coach mm. in the sense that it, he he worked in the American League, the International League, the East Coast League. He knows w- what guys go through when they're moving from league to league, and he has regard for the American League. For if you can if you can do a certain job in the American League, Bruce believes that you're very close to being able to do that in the NHL. So he gives you a chance, and so that makes him an organizational coach. But then he's also, as we've seen, one of the best in-game coaches. Uh, in the NHL. He's an excellent bench coach. And so he quickly saw that Cormier was capable of doing good things. He paired him with the right guy, with McNabb, and off they went. And I would expect Cormier to be better tonight. Uh, There will be a point, I think, when Cormier will get too comfortable and try and do too much, Mm -hmm. and they'll have to rein him in. But I expect him to have a good game tonight. Organizational news today, Caden Korzak uh, assigned to the Henderson Silver Knights which is great news given that he's healthy enough to yeah. play. Uh, it wasn't long that he was off the ice, and, and now he's cleared and, and going back. So that's that's uh, quicker than I thought. Yeah, well, uh, the other fact that they have Ryan Craig at that level doing a really good job with that team, it'll be good for Caden to go there. And Ryan Craig as a player was a guy who, you know, back and forth his whole career – He'll have a real good. Pers- he'll have the perspective and the ability to talk to Caden about. Okay, you were doing really good things in the NHL. Got banged up. Let's take advantage of your time here 
in the American League. Let's not waste it, and let's get you up and running so that when you are healthy and when they do need you, you're ready to go. And they do have uh, enough defensemen right now that they can afford him to get back into yeah. the flow a little bit, right, yeah, Ryan? Two really good defensemen won't play tonight, right? Yeah, you're you're right. You're right on the money there, Darren. And that there's there's options now for the Golden Knights where just a couple of weeks ago it didn't seem like there were, and a lot of that has to do with Kelly McCrimmon striking with Tobias Bjornfoot when he was on waivers and getting the call up for Lucas Cormier. Uh, but one aspect that you know you look at for the Golden Knights has been the ability to. Uh, deal with the injury adversity that they've had this season and a big part of uh, you know what Vegas needed was Nick Waugh and the game that he had against the Islanders especially now with William Carlson out of the lineup how important is Nick Waugh and his line to the Golden Knights kind of getting through this stretch without William Carlson I think it's going to be a, a huge part to try and continue that depth which we've seen and the consistent ice time Bruce loves to spread the ice time around uh, up front. It's not a complete balance, but he does. Uh, he doesn't like uh, a line to get completely lost. Uh, what we saw the other night from Nick Watt was great, and especially the uh, con- contribution from uh, uh, Keegan Colasar was awesome. They're going to have to go without Will Carrier, though. Uh, he's he's gone week to week with uh, shoulder surgery, which is the uh, the other or surgery upper body uh, injury, uh, which is the other issue with uh, the organization right now. Right. Yeah, and and that's you know that's uh, going to be something for the Golden Knights to continue to work through. And you know I, I like the the look of Brett Howden with Nick Waugh and with Keegan Colasar because Brett Howden brings a lot of the, the same attributes that William Carrier brings to the lineup. And, you know, I've, I've liked Paul Cotter's game also alongside Amadio and Denisenko. It's going to be a by-committee situation as it's been really the entire year for the Golden Knights, but but that's going to be the aspect that I think really has to come come together is, is you've got to get more out of your bottom six, and I think that those guys are taking ownership of that now as Bruce Cassidy said that they should. I like the decision for Carrier to, you know, I think that he was trying to, whatever it was ailing him, he was in and out trying to play through it, and now he's looked at the calendar and said, I'm going to get this fixed and get move on with it so that I can be back by the time the playoffs start. Tough to play his style, right, if you're battling something all the time? To me, it's impossible. He's a power player who needs to feel that he can hold people off he needs his strength and he's a big strength in his game is his ability to bang and if you're it's it was it's upper body for him so i guess two things you know once this it won't take long after the surgery before he's back on his on his skates he'll be able to skate and uh and really be in great form when when he comes back from this and then he'll have time to adjust to to, to playing like last year was lower body before the playoffs and he really worked hard to get back in and I don't think he ever had his speed back uh, even throughout the playoffs you know I think there were spots where he was pretty good but he you know the guy had 16 goals last year uh, before that injury and you know came back you know when did he come back in the second round I believe in the second round and you know obviously played well enough to stay in the lineup but was not the same impact guy uh this, I think this gives him an opportunity to really, like this will be the, the non-trade, trade deadline addition for the Golden Knights. 
We have four minutes here. I don't know whether it's long enough. Well, I know it's not long enough, uh, but uh, talk goaltending. Uh, Ryan, uh, Gary, and start with you, Lawman. Aiden Hill uh, expected to start tonight uh, based on what Bruce Cassidy said today. And uh, this is uh, uh, a welcome back for Aiden Hill, who's been knocking on the door. Logan Thompson's not on the trip. Uh, he's ill, so uh, Aiden Hill expected to go. But more long-term, uh, they got to get both guys back going and being able to be leaned on for a consistent period of time. Yeah, they need Aiden to get healthy and uh, to, to start to feel good about himself so that you know, he can be the guy that he was in the playoffs. He was... Uh, a true number one in the postseason. Yeah, there's this theory out there that he's just a shot blocker. We, we saw him make uh, tremendous saves. He was, for me, he was a Conn Smythe candidate and, and probably didn't get as, as the, the, a national media member from Canada said to me, boy, you can't win with Aiden Hill. And then halfway through the Stanley Cup, he said to me, I might have to put Aiden Hill on my Conn Smythe ballot. And I was like, well, pay attention. Like Aiden Hill, before he got hurt last year, had those three really good games uh, where, you know, he just was almost unbeatable and then got injured. And when he came back after uh, after the Brassois injury in the Edmonton series, he came in and he was tremendous. And he's so, lived up to the new contract and, and was great. Yeah, it's well, just the injury his, in the way. His numbers right now. Yeah. Are still the number one. Are, he's still number one in the NHL in goals against and save percentage. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's really what it kind of boils down to is getting Aiden back in and and staying healthy the rest of the way and getting back to the rotation that you saw from the Golden Knights in the first month or so of the season where you know the the rotation was working well for Aiden and it was working well for Logan Thompson. Both guys played some of their best hockey out of the gate because of how that was set up. So. Uh, as, as much as you can, you want to get back to that here. Uh, goaltending provides some stability, and uh, Aiden being around the team has to give them a little bit of jump. I, I know that he's, in his first year, is a bona fide true number one guy, but uh, he was the guy that everybody rushed to when they won the Stanley Cup, so he is the person that kind of points the compass in the right direction. Gary. Yeah. Certainly. I, I don't think you can say enough about his play. And he's uh, a pretty chill customer in the dressing room. Uh, I, not afraid to kind of play star as well. We saw that at the parade, you know, showed up in the UNLV jersey. Um, just has a little bit of uh, has a little bit of swagger to him, but is also uh, very grounded and uh, an important piece here in Vegas. Hey, why aren't you on the radio tonight? Uh, because I'm uh, doing, uh, Ashley and I are doing your job. Oh, yeah. so what, what am I doing? <laughs> that you're on your own program. <laughs> <laughs> so who's doing the, who's with Dan tonight? Darren Elliott. Okay, Darren Elliott. Yeah, so uh, the listeners will get a treat. He's excellent. But you'll be back tomorrow night on yeah, the radio call? Yeah, yeah uh-huh. and with you tomorrow night as well. Nice. Yeah. I like this. And we're not ready to tip our hat as to what's going on on Saturday, but we will include that later. No, no, I didn't. Don't give it away. We got something special coming up on the TV side uh, on Saturday. Hey, Lawman, have a great show tonight. What time are you on with Ashley? Oh, boy. Tough question. Six <laughs> <laughs> 6.30. <laughs> my job is not to, like, you and Ashley and Dan uh, and Gosher, you guys, your job is to, to keep everything in order and make sure the trains run on time. And uh, 
I have other things I bring. The only reason I asked you is because it's the same as every other night because it's a national game in Denver, so it was good. Uh, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. See you at 6.30, everybody. All right, there's Gary Laws. Uh, We'll be back to set up hour number two on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Tracking the roster and the updates uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, that news that Will Carrier had a procedure done uh, added to the list. uh, Shea Theodore also out and William Carlson uh, missing. Uh, Carrier is week-to-week. Uh, with uh, his recovery from the uh, surgery. So that is another blow to the consistency of this roster and trying to get back to full health. It's it's a change. It, it's been really focused on the blue line for most of the season, but the last two have affected the, the players going up front. Yeah, it's, it's not been easy for the Golden Knights, as we talked about at the start of the show. This is a team that is, is kind of been dealing with injuries over the course of this season and you know it's it's a situation where in the past they've been able to kind of come through it on the other side and and they've you know built in that adversity and that that ability to to deal with that adversity and you know this is this is nothing new for this team this organization and you know I I trust that Bruce Cassidy is going to be able to push the right buttons and get the right complement of players lines all of that in order to keep pushing in the right direction for this hockey club to to do what they want to do and that's make the playoffs and then hopefully get some of those players back in will carrier and william carlson and shay theodore they have more defensemen Uh, even with the uh, option to put caden korzak with henderson and let him get some games under his belt Uh, a lot of defensemen all of a sudden are around this uh, hockey club the return of Daniil Mirmanov uh, as he goes through uh, the rehab process, uh, then the acquisition of uh, Tobias Bjornfort, and then the arrival of Lucas Cormier, and what is uh, already thought of as an organizational strength becomes even more so with the absence of like Ben Hutton not being available as uh, he is out uh, for a, a stretch of time uh, and Shea Theodore like there's uh, this this is uh, uh, again uh, giving the option to the coach uh, to uh, play different people when in a lot of other organizations you wouldn't have anywhere close to a decision it would just be next man up and whoever's available yeah you're you're right there in that when you look at the the blue line for the vegas golden knights and inside of the organization you have players that bring different skill sets to the fold and you know, gary lawless touched on it right sometimes you you're looking for a player like Lucas Cormier, a skill set like Shea Theodore's, and you're trying to replace that. You're trying to put that into the lineup in spots where it can really allow the player to shine and be what the team needs. Whereas, you know, if, if the Golden Knights need a little bit more grit or they're trying to replace a player or or have a player closer to a Braden McNabb, you've got Braden Pahal, and the fact that they are uh, that they have so many players on the back end that can fill so many different roles it gives you versatility. Now, that gets challenged when you lose uh, the likes of Caden Korzak and Ben Hutton and Shea Theodore all at once, but then you have Kelly McCrimmon doing his job in, in kind of backfilling and getting Bjornfoot uh, on waivers and then bringing Cormier up to be what this team needed. Zach Whitecloud is with the team and uh, took the skate today, and we're hopeful that he's going to be able to return to the lineup, which uh, despite all the talk of number of players that are with uh, the team and 
practicing with the team and being picked up off waivers and added to the team, uh, there's a good chance, if everything falls right tonight, that they will be able to play and have five of their starting six defensemen available. Which would be nice, I, I think, for the Golden Knights. Like, you'd love to see that. You'd love to have that continuity and, and kind of build on that. So, you know, we'll keep our eyes peeled for warm-ups and, and see if, if Zach Whitecloud's able to go. And if he is, that's good news again for the Golden Knights. The center ice position will also be one that uh, will be followed uh, with great interest as they have gone to that uh, load up uh, uh, a little bit more with the top two. Chandler Stevenson reunited with Mark Stone and Jack Eichel skating alongside Jonathan Marcheseau. The other wingers there, uh, Ivan Barbashev and Pavel Dorofiev. Uh, we'll see what direction they go on the bottom side of it. Uh, we've got hour number two coming up in, in just a little bit. Uh, one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. It's hard to keep up with the amount of players that are falling on a nightly basis in the National Hockey League. It was a run affecting goalies in the last three weeks, but now that has spilled over to those up front. Some significant absences for teams that just, quite frankly, can't afford it right now. We'll tell you all about that on one-timers. A pair of tickets to see the Golden Knights against the Nashville Predators coming up uh, next Monday. Available, and we'll get into Bruce Cassidy's availability from Denver as we continue in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Stay with us.